Welcome to Pursuing the Rock Podcast, a podcast of Rootville Road Baptist Church. Here we talk all things life, scripture, and ministry. I'm Andrew, the student pastor. I'm Garrett, the college pastor. And I'm Jason, the churchman. Hey, and we've also got some other people in our very fancy, high-class recording studio. (laughs) (laughs) So, hey, look, introduce yourselves. We've got Stephen Peoples, Dr. Stephen Peoples, who is the pastor here at Rootville Road Baptist Church. We've got Suresh Samangi. Samangi? Samangi. Samangi. Ah, oh, Samangi. <laughs> I had it right the second That's time. Okay. Who is a, uh, a kind of the, the missionary uh, from India. He, he resides in Boston and visits India uh, several times a year. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on. There's a ton of stuff. So uh, we're excited to have you guys on the podcast. We've been wanting to have Pastor Stephen on for ever uh but then we thought hey this is a great uh this is a great time to 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 get everything rolling so um so last week we told you guys we were heading into gimc uh global impact missions conference and uh and so we just finished it some some of the missionaries such as suresh are flying out literally uh to go back to their countries or to their hometown so uh it's officially over yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we, we kind of wanted to follow up. We promised you guys a bonus episode last week, and um, some of the ideas we had kind of fell through, but we, um, we I, I cornered Suresh last night and said, Suresh, could you come record a podcast with us tomorrow morning at 8.30? And he said, yeah, I'd love to. And then I cornered Stephen, and I said, Stephen, come be a part of it too. So we've actually got more people here than we have mics, um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's start off, uh, maybe with you, Stephen. So uh, GIMC has been a uh, an event that Rootville Road has done for, for years now. So uh, you don't have to give an exact year uh, if you can't think of it, but how long has GIMC been a thing? And then kind of explain the roots of it. Like why? what was your heart behind starting it? Um, and then how has it grown since then? Well, believe it or not, it started probably around 99, uh, maybe 2000. When the association, or really the state convention, Georgia Baptist uh, Convention then, Georgia Baptist Mission Board now, wanted they needed a place to host a missions fair. And so um, there really wasn't a big enough building for such, and our huh. Christian Life Center was under construction. So it was not even complete. As a matter of fact, everything down there was stud walls. It, concrete floors, stud walls, that was it. And I'm, I told them that, and they go, that's okay. So that's what we did. And we had a, a missions fair. Uh, they brought in a bunch of different people. It was all association, state convention-wise. Uh, awesome. We just hosted the place. So after we did that, we were thinking, well, we could do that. You know, we need to start doing that. So right on the heels of that, we started the uh, Global Missions Impact uh, Strategy. And so we brought those people in, um, developed our mission strategy, mm-hmm. uh, the Acts 1-8 mission strategy, and then it kind of launched from there. So mm-hmm. we started out real small really not knowing what we were doing, and then from year to year to year, just kind of yeah. built upon it. So I'd, I'd say 99, 2000, how long we've been doing well, this. So, I mean, we're I mean we're going on 24, almost a quarter of a century that this event has been going on at uh, Rueville Road. Man, longer than you've been alive. Almost. Longer than I've been alive. Right. I was 98, so it, I was one year old whenever, it, whenever this started. Uh, that's okay. No shame. No shame. Yeah, that's that's cool. So Suresh, uh, you've been with us for how many years now? Do you know? Uh, said three years. Three years. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So maybe uh, just start off with your testimony a little bit and tell us how you came to faith in, in Christ. Um, how old you were, and then and then you can kind of tell some of your story from there. Yeah, well, I was um, 
uh, around 22 when I received Christ, uh, Jesus as my personal savior. Uh, so I had lost almost like a 12 uh, close friends. Uh, they died in different uh, instances. Wow. So I, whenever I see them at the uh, funeral, and I always think like, uh, when do they see, uh, when when do I see them again? Mm. So it's kind of like a uh, pathetic scene. Um, and also million dollars question like, uh, do I meet them again? Uh, when do I meet? Mm. So then I was I was thinking all the time like that, and the, my local pastor. Uh, so one time I went to the church, and the local pastor was talking about like a Gospel of John chapter three verse sixteen. Uh, for God so loved the world, mm-hmm. whoever believes in Him shall not uh, perish but have eternal life. So th- those verse I, I I was like a, I touched my heart and to think. Like, oh, okay, somebody died for me to give eternal life. So that, from there, I started uh, thinking about and start reading the Bible and, you know, uh, go to the pastor um, and he explained it to me, you know, uh, unless you believe in him, you cannot uh, go to the heaven. So Jesus is only the way. Um, so then he, he told me, uh, Gospel of John chapter uh, 14, verse 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, so that's only uh, way I can um, reach the heaven. Okay, since then, I uh, gave my life to Jesus. Um, so God changed my life. Uh, God has been used. Uh, is I, I was, I'm never before. Uh, I'm uh, like a God changed my heart. And there are so many people, even my own people. Uh, so they don't even know who is Jesus. So so God started using my life to, um, to share the testimony to my own people, also uh, friends. Um, then... I started working in um, uh, income tax, like IRS. Um, so while I was working, uh, I was reading a couple of uh, missionary stories. A uh, Lord um, uh, spoke to my heart, so why I'm working here, uh, you know? Uh, so I decided that day, I want to quit mm. my job, and the one who shed the blood and died for me, I want to utilize my blood for him, and I mm. want to die while preaching the good news of the gospel mm. of Jesus. So that's wow. how I, uh, you know, uh, that's uh, my salvation. Yeah. And after that, um, uh, God gave me an opportunity to come to the States to, uh, to pursue the uh, theological studies. Um, so I got my undergrad in Temple Baptist College in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio. Then, um, then I moved to uh, uh, Southern uh, to uh, get my MDU uh, degree. So my th- my uh, perspective, my thought, my heart, I want to go back to India. Uh, so, uh, but um, 2012, um, so I heard that there is a lostness in greater Boston area. There are more than 85,000 Asian Indians. Uh, they have no gospel. They have no uh, evangelical church for them. So those words touched me into to rethink before I go to India. Mm-hmm. So that's how uh, you know I choose to go to India, uh, like a Boston. Um, so then we went there and we planned the church of, of, uh, among Asian Indians. Uh, so we are celebrating seventh anniversary on March 19th. Mm-hmm. So we praise God for mm-hmm. all His uh, uh, provision. And also there are so many people come and go. That's actually like a, a transitional 
uh, a place where Indians uh, come um, and experience the love of Jesus Christ uh, with us and uh, move on to different places. Uh, so we've been we've been enjoying, rejoicing, even though it's a challenge, but it's mm-hmm. a great joy. Yeah. Uh, so as well as I've been, um, you know, uh, preaching and uh, training pastors back in India, and also we are um, we are training every year like more than uh, 50 or uh, 60 pastors. And we ordain them and we send them out on the mission field. Mm. Uh, they greatly, they're, they're working. Wow. So, yeah. Tell us, tell us uh, you told us this weekend, but remind us of the lostness of India uh, versus the number of maybe Christians there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there are, uh, so statistics uh, uh, says that there are 2.5 uh, Christian uh, people. Uh, Christians are minorities there. So even though the 2.5, uh, the more uh, more of them like uh, they believe like Catholicism, and the rest of them uh, like a, uh, a charismatic and a prosperity gospel. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, it That's is 2.5 percent. It is 2.5 percent. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, so it's a very less number. You can account with the tips like a zero, like a point uh, zero 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 somewhere number. Uh, you know, you can find evangelicals. So, yep. Wow, wow. Uh, I think you told us that you guys are working on building a seminary too. There, right? That's right. As, as you train pastors, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we've been we've been uh, you know training pastors almost like two and a half decades. Uh, wow. So we don't have the, our own building or our own space. So. Uh, it was a challenge, but mm-hmm. God gave uh, the opportunity to build our own uh, college wow. and seminary. Um, so I really thank God for that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you a question. Or Jason, were you finished? Yeah, so I saw it in your pamphlet yesterday. Uh, you have the concrete up. It's not completed yet. This is in India, correct? That's right. So my question is, so over there, how open are, are the governments? Are people, are they hostile towards... Christians, are they, you know, obviously in Muslim countries, it doesn't go well at all. Mm. But uh, over there, can you tell tell us a little bit about how that goes for you and people know, or can you talk to people about it openly or how that looks? Well, uh, so because of uh, Hindu the government, um, so they're not happy and uh, they don't allow uh, the, uh, to preach the gospel. And also we have an anti-conversion law. It's it's very active now. In used to be like a couple of states in India, but now it's everywhere, wow. uh, pretty much everywhere. So they're not happy uh, to do. They also, they don't give the permission uh, to build the seminary mm. or churches or anything. It's very dangerous right now. Uh, it is more hostile. And I've heard, I, I read the, some uh, statistics. It used to be like a, you know, uh, like a 20th place on the planet. But now I've heard like a, between one and two. It's the most dangerous uh, uh, place on the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the earth. So it is, it is tough. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs reports that. Yeah. Yes. I can remember when you were here last year uh, during our panel, you said uh, you were fixing to go to India mm-hmm. and you said something to the extent of, if you don't hear from me, you know they may have killed me. And after, right after that, some of the high school guys came up to me and said, "Is he serious?" And I'm like, "Yes, yeah, uh, that's that's right, that's right." Even we lost so many pastors and mm. uh, so many uh, like a uh, gospel workers. So you, if you don't find them, if they did not answer your call, which mm. means there's something in a, wow. in a uh, dangerous wow. area. So uh, it is they increase the number. 
Wow. It used to be, as you said, like it, it used to be uh, in the Middle East and somewhere, but now uh, it's a, it's a right in India. Wow. So, yeah. so can you help us? So like in our context, that makes no sense to us because we don't have to face any kind of persecution uh, such as that. And so um, I think, you know, obviously the answer is simple in some ways, but could you help the people who are listening understand why is it worth it for you to go in such a hostile area and share the gospel? Um, what what keeps you going and what keeps you fearless in the face of that persecution? It's because, uh, you know, uh, serving Christ, uh, it's not like a living in comfort zone. Mm. We must come out of our comfort zone. So remember, Jesus Christ, he died. So And his disciples, every disciple, mm-hmm. he was martyred. So as a believer of Christ, so according to, you know, while, I, while I was driving, like coming to this place, I was remembering like, a, you know, it's a great commission has given to us. So according to the uh, Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, if you look at the 16 through 20, it said like, Go ye therefore, teach, preach, and baptize in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. So it is not like a one part of the time. It's until the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. So he also with us. Whether you die, uh, alive or die, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. we don't care. So, and also the the reason we go back to India, because, the you know, the, the pastors who are preaching and also in the front line have no theological, uh, mm-hmm. you know, education. So it is very dangerous. So uh, I was reading Mark Dever's uh, article. So, you know, the wrong preaching mm-hmm. produced the wrong salvation. Yep, that produced right. the eternal uh, fire. Yep. Like uh, everything is wrong. So we want, uh, we want to train them healthy. We want to plant the healthy churches. We want to send them and, uh, you know, uh, true gospel. Mm-hmm. We want to send them uh, with the true gospel. Yes. What is your biggest... Uh, what's the biggest blockade or the biggest struggle that you have at, on the mission field right now? Whether it's whether it's in Boston uh, or whether it's in uh, India, and those may be totally different. And so uh, you can answer however you want. What's your What's your biggest struggle though? Yeah. Uh, so imagine it's not India. I'm talking about Boston. Mm. So between 16, 2016 and 2018, so they built almost. Uh, 32 Hindu temples in Boston, mm. greater Boston area. So you can imagine how lostness is there. Mm-hmm. So it's a dark, they were, mm. you know, people are thriving for the gospel. So they have everything but mm. God. So even that is the reason I, I received the call. So my heart is mm. to go back to India. But when I read it and uh, uh, so when I talk to people, so like they're dying without knowing Christ. Wow. So that's an urgency. So, uh, uh, so you know there is a there is a huge um, and e- people who are coming to the states they are they already um, uh, they come with one understanding like uh, when they meet like a you know uh, uh, like a westerns yeah uh, if you meet any like a social uh, organizations so be careful they talk about Christ. Mm-hmm. So they already mentally, they prepared them before they mm-hmm. come to the stage. That's what they don't talk to you. Wow. If you go there and talk nice and they don't talk. So mm-hmm. kind of like a barrier. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like, I know Stephen is, and Garrett have shared before, the Catholic priests in Honduras prepare the people for the missions teams that come in to say, hey, whatever they have to say, That's don't, right. don't That's listen right. to them. <laughs> wow. 
did just as maybe even a personal question. So before you, uh, the Lord saved you and brought you to faith. Were were you were you Hindu? Did you have any kind of religious fili- f- affiliation? <laughs> yeah, good question. So my dad yeah, was a Hindu. Uh, so my mom uh, said they're they're a little bit not not complete believers, but they're they're Christian, not not believers. You know, there's a huge difference. So mm-hmm. they're Christian. My mom said, but my dad uh, was a completely Hindu, and their siblings and their children. Even today, they're Hindus. Wow. So, yeah, they're, they're kind of like an orthodoxy, like a strong Hindu, practicing, like a Hinduism. Still there, there. Wow. Even 20, uh, 2018, when I visited them, um, so they're so happy to see me. I was talking um, until I talk about Jesus. Mm. The moment I said, like, can I pray for you? Mm. They got mad at me. It's like, a, they, wow. it's literally, they kicked me out of their house. Mm. So that, that danger, we come mm-hmm. out of the Hindu uh, family mm-hmm. uh, and also the culture where gr- we grew up, that's complete, uh, you know, in the Hindu families. Even my, my own siblings mm. uh, are still, you know. Wow. Uh, so you are, you're the only Christian in your family still? Uh, no, today? I mean, they accept Christ. Uh, they, I'm sorry. Uh, they, okay. they got baptized because of that membership, they keep the membership. Uh, so because they want to, uh, you know, get the marriage from the church. Gotcha. So that's the reason they want to baptize. It's not for the salvation baptism. Mm, so gotcha. I know sense. so many people will do that. That's a, a interesting. Even it's it's happened in my own home. Sure. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but yes. in in Hindu, um, that religion, um, there's how many gods? <laughs> there. Are, uh, there, it's funny. There are 330 million gods and goddesses. So Jesus could just be another god. Uh, yeah, not, if you tell, that's right. Only that's god, right. But that's another god. Yeah, as long as uh, you don't talk about like a, you know, it's called like a monotheism, like a, you know, right. one and only god. So if you talk about like a Jesus is a one and only god, they will marry you. Mm. They kick you. <laughs> 330 million. That's almost the population of the entire United States. That's right. <laughs> Goodness. Oh. <clears throat> How do you keep? How do you keep up with all that? That's what we have a festival every day. Every day we have a, some of the other. Um, so uh, even that's what you see the temples everywhere. Wow. Even when Paul was uh, going, uh, in, you know, when Paul was in Corinth, mm-hmm. he he sees generally two things. Number one is the temples, oh. and number two is the dogs. More than like a you know uh, population people. So <laughs> yeah, it is. It is literally you see the temple every street. So you know temples are more than house there, mm. India. So yeah, there's more temples than houses in India. That's right. So think about that. Do you? I I had uh, I've had customers, Indian customers in the past from former jobs that I've they first of all they love cricket. And they do not like Pakistanis. <laughs> I've established that. But uh, big rivalry. There's like That's Alabama, right. Auburn. Okay. But um, my question is, there's a lot of different dialects. <clears throat> so when you meet a lot of uh, Indians that come here, uh, do you? Is there ever trouble for you communicating with them, or is there pretty much everybody's on the same page of, you know, like the South and the North? We say different things. Is it all basically the same language, or is there a barrier there? We have a uh, uh, twenty-nine states uh, now. They they ch- the politically they changed so many things, but almost like a twenty-nine uh, states, uh, seven union territories. Mm. Uh, like I said, they updated. I'm not keeping up uh, at present, uh, but it's uh, all together almost like a thirty-five. 
we have every state have their own language and they have their own dress code and they have own uh, like a uh, you know even culture they wow. have their own guards they have their own food you don't even find if you go to from kentucky to tennessee it's completed the language it's nothing but a country you are moving from different country mm-hmm. uh, to the country so oh, wow. uh, yeah we have uh, almost 30 uh, 37 uh, countries uh, 37 states if i'm uh, um, i'm not wrong and also uh, we have a uh, like a more than 150 languages there mm. so yeah So I just did a little bit of math. So if you were to worship 330 million gods over the course of an 80-year lifetime, you would have to worship 1,200 gods per day for 80 years to be able to worship all 330 million. That's crazy. Uh, but so we talked about discouragement. I'm glad there's just actually one. Yeah. I feel like I can't worship yeah, one god sufficiently I enough. I have a hard time with one. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. And that's oh, my fault. Man. Uh, well, thankfully, there is only one true God yes, that we can right. worship and focus on. Uh, so we talked about your discouragements. But what are some of your great encouragements in ministry in Boston and in India? Um, because we know that the Lord blesses your uh, your labor, um, and you're not the one that produces the fruit. You are planting seeds uh, all over the world to the nations. And so how is the Lord using the seeds you've planted to, to glorify His name? We already talked about the seminary, which is a magnificent fruit. um of the lord but but maybe you can talk to some others yeah um, <clears throat> excuse me uh, so you know it's uh, raising your own children i feel like raising your own children mm. so from uh, from the moment they get up from the bed kids we feel like if you have a one kid like it's so precious if you have a five kids you feel like oh no he got up like she got up <laughs> so so but end of the day when you look at the yeah Jason has five kids so <laughs> so yeah of course so yeah so when when i mean the whole day you feel so many discourages there right like mm. a obligation you say no 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 so many times you, you use the word no but remember however they are tough or rough uh, they don't listen to you at the time they go to bed you see them you 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 feel like a joy mm. so this i feel like a church is not like a it's it's not like a just a business or to keep run the mm-hmm. uh, like a office no this i feel like every uh, comer to the church or may uh, come to my home i feel like this a child mm-hmm. a children of god you know we all we all are sinners right no one is righteous but god is mm-hmm. a perfect he is a righteous mm-hmm. he can you know change. that that's what i i feel like you know psalm 23 mm-hmm. said like a david that's a beautiful prayer mm-hmm. if you look at the 22 chapter is like a, so much crazy in david's life mm-hmm. so what i felt uh, you know always the psalm 23 there mm-hmm. for us as a ministers or maybe believers but remember there is a 23 psalm is there that's what i feel so end of the day it is joy to see that wow. because that's not my work it's a kingdom work mm-hmm. it's not like a, you know keeping it my home you know there are days uh there are more than like a uh, 14 or 15 graduates they they have a, a dinner at the table they they come to join us so when i look at them i feel like this is a kingdom mm-hmm. this is that's that's what i feel wow. i know it's a, it's a, there are days or months we cried we cried we cried there's a tears were gone brothers mm. but still i've been rejoicing there is a god's faithfulness is there mm-hmm. yeah 
yeah, like what a beautiful picture of God's kingdom, which is pictured in His local church. Mm-hmm. Um, and we forget that so many times. Our church gathering is something that shouldn't be forsaken because it is the biggest escape we get from the mm-hmm. reality of a broken world each week. Mm-hmm. We get to come together with with other brothers and sisters in Christ and worship God, and we get a glimpse of what heaven will be like one day mm-hmm. within our corporate gathering. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, another point I want to mention with you. So the joy part is uh, you know that's a hard part they're, they're non-believers mm-hmm. right so they they come from the broken world they don't have any peace or anything but uh, even though uh, they're not believers there's so much a hurdle to the you know the kingdom mm-hmm. work but the joy part when they come to uh, Boston or maybe when I see them I know what their their, their beliefs and uh, so what are the their situ- condition I can say not situation there's a condition mm-hmm. right so when I see them I invite them home I share the meal and share about Jesus Christ mm-hmm. it's not like a one part of the time it's it takes like a process right wow. so the good part is uh, so the people whom I'm meeting so I cannot meet back India but here is a little bit open so I, I whether they like it or not I share the gospel I invite mm-hmm. them I share the meal and I share about Jesus Christ and the good part before they leave Boston either uh, they must be seekers or beginners or maybe believers like you know the, so many many people that receive Christ and uh, when they move out mm-hmm. so I, 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 I heard the stories they got accepted Christ and uh, mm. you know uh, they got baptized in a different places mm-hmm. so it's a rejoice right it's a joy mm-hmm. yeah. that's great so maybe last uh, question to kind of wrap up um, is how can we as a church in, in Rootville Georgia how can we partner with you mm-hmm. how can we pray for you and, and be a part of your mission um, in, in any kind of way well uh, so whether it's a Boston or India um, so if you consider Boston, it's like a mini India. Mm. There's nothing changed. You see what we see in back India. So they have temples, they have a, uh, uh, like a restaurants, they have a, uh, grocery stores like Indian grocery. What you find back India, you will see. The same as like a use, you meet people, how you meet back India. Mm. So uh, two things I can ask you. Number one, if you are considering uh, to uh, go to the mission field, I would recommend to come to Boston first, like a pre-missions mm. uh, like that. So uh, you can have a you can have a taste of the Indian missions. Uh, so in Boston, and as well as uh, of course, international missions always like a hardcore, uh, like a mission field. There is mm-hmm. no doubt at all. So uh, you, how can you pray? Uh, how can you partner? Number one, you can pray for us. Definitely, mm-hmm. we need, we believe the prayers are, you know, working in mm-hmm. Boston as well as in India. So also, you can uh, always, financial need is there. Uh, we cannot go, I cannot go by myself uh, to reach them, uh, to fulfill that. But you can be partner with uh, financially. And also, uh, those, those two are important. And also, you can send the mission teams. Uh, the uh, timely. There are so many events like, uh, you know, you said like a, uh, we have a, a summer little bit window so we can play cricket uh, mm. or other games, chess or maybe Hannah is another uh, like, a you know, uh, it's a huge uh, tool to share wow. the gospel. So that's one way. So when you send teams, um, you know, they can um, uh, feel the mission field mm-hmm. and they can see experience. And if, 
And if we happen to have it about the same time as the Yankees when they come to town. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of people there that need the gospel. That's, that's for yeah. sure. Oh, My youngest son, Zach, yeah. well, he, he doesn't like to tra- uh, go th- uh, drive through New York. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. Well, let's do this. Maybe let's end with uh, Stephen. Would you pray? Uh, you, you, out of anybody and everybody that I, I know, have the greatest heart for missions and have probably been on more mission trips than anybody I certainly know, <laughs> times three. <laughs> and so so would you specifically uh, maybe pray uh, for our hearts and mission, but then even maybe more directly for, uh, for Suresh? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's, um, let's pray. Lord, we're thankful for... Um, the privilege it is to serve you. We're thankful for the precious commodity of the gospel that you have entrusted us with. Um, I pray that we would be faithful stewards above all uh, of, the, of the commodity of the gospel every day hmm. because we have daily opportunities to share Christ, to live Christ before a very lost and dying world. I pray that you'll burden us as followers of Christ or lost people um, but also burden us to come alongside other brothers and sisters and to encourage and disciple them, completing the, the package of the Great Commission, evangelism and discipleship. We pray for Suresh. We thank you, Lord, for how you have redeemed him. <laughs> um, thank you for taking the gospel message and gripping his heart. And, Lord, then calling him and burdening him to reach his people group. We pray, Lord, for those um, Asian Indians in Boston, um, those in India, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would grip them with the gospel, the truth, that there is only one true and living God. Mm. So I pray as the gospel is brought their way in a variety of ways, may your Holy Spirit, Lord, grip their hearts and bring them to the truth. And may you remove the scales from their eyes for which the enemy is placed. Um, I pray that you'll give Suresh good days of health, and I pray you'll put a protective hedge about him mm-hmm. and all of those dear brothers who serve in India in a very um, dangerous area. Uh, their lives are literally on the line um, for, for being gospel-focused and gospel-bold, uh, shall we say. So I pray that you'll protect them, hedge them, Lord, um, so that so that your word goes forth. I pray for the financial needs of the construction of this seminary, that, Lord, you'll continue to provide those financial needs so this training facility can be completed. Um, and then, Lord, may you send forth the needed laborers to instruct um, and to build um, in the confines of these brothers who you have called to have doctrinal truth. Um, so goes the pulpit, so goes the congregation. So I pray that, Lord, you would... Instill them with deep theological doctrinal truth. Give Suresh wisdom. Um, help him, Lord, to, to, give, to be given wisdom beyond his years and, and our human ability. Um, protect his family. Protect his children, his wife, and all of those that work with him in Boston, Lord. Um, so, Lord, we, we just surrender these needs to you because you're the only one who can do anything about them. So we trust you accordingly, casting our cares upon you because you care for us. Help us to be on mission today and every awakening day. Thank you for Suresh and his heart. Lord, just his dire obedience, um, even offering his life um, for the sharing of the gospel. May we have that level of boldness 
and that level of commitment in our own lives, in our mm-hmm. own daily walk. Thank you, Lord, for saving us, redeeming us, and uh, may you use us. May we be laid on the altar living sacrifice every day, being consumed for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, look, if you would, uh, please partner with us um, in praying for Suresh and partnering with Suresh as he goes um, to back to Boston and to India to, to take the gospel forth. And I also encourage you guys, our, our missionary in our in-home on Saturday night encouraged us. She asked the college students, and if you were there, you heard this. She asked, um, are you called? Or have you considered that you may be called? And if you have you committed your life to follow the Lord wherever he may lead? And so I ask uh, whoever is listening today, I pray that you will um, approach the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, I don't know if you have called me to missions or where you will take me in life, but mm-hmm. uh, I commit my life to you and wherever that may take me. I, I, I pray that you will embolden me to follow you there. And if that's uh, in India, if that's in Spain, if that's mm-hmm. wherever in the world, or if that's here in mm-hmm. Carrollton, um, man, I pray that we will be faithful mm-hmm. to follow the Lord in our calling. So, uh, it's David David Platt's language of the blank check: present your life as a living sacrifice, as a blank check to the Lord, so that He may use it for His glory, for His honor. So, um, check out the show notes. We'll we'll put some stuff in there about Suresh. You can continue to pray for him um, and his ministry. The Lord is doing through him, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Actually, this week. This yeah, is, this this is, is a two-week episode. episode. This is it. Cool. Well, hey, you guys have a great day. It's been a joy having Stephen, Dr. Stephen Peoples, yeah. and Suresh. <laughs> he loves, he loves it. You should he see loves, his face. He loves the doctor. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> see you guys later this week. Peace. See you.